You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Amen. Do you believe in His Lordship? When Jesus is Lord, everything gets sorted. Do you understand? His Lordship settles everything. His Lordship settles everything. The mess we see on the earth today, the chaos we see on the earth today, is due to the absence of His Lordship. It's not because the enemy is powerful. It's because Jesus is not allowed to be Lord. And humanity has driven Jesus away. And they've opened the door to another Lord. Who is wicked, evil, oppressive. And that's why. Somebody said, well, if God is there, if there is God, how much there's so much, how, how come there's so much evil on the earth? How much there, how come there's so much wickedness? How come there's so much pain? How come there's so much suffering? The reason for all of that is because man gave dominion to Satan. That's the reason. That is the reason. It's not because Satan is powerful. It's because man ceded his right to rule the earth to the enemy. That's why. So many people think that God just does things haphazardly. He just imposes himself and forces his way God doesn't work like that God doesn't work like that he gave man the earth to rule amen he gave man the earth to dominate in Genesis chapter 1 in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 God after God made man the Bible says he blessed them all right. And then he said to them, he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. He said, fill the earth and subdue it. And says, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Glory to God. And then when you go to the Psalms, the psalmist says, What is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him? He says, You have made him a little lower than angels. And you have given him dominion over the works of your hands. So man was given the right to rule. Do you understand me? You were created to rule. You were created to govern. You were created to dominate. You were empowered to do that. But guess what? Our ancestor Adam decided to cede that to the enemy. 
That's the reason for the pain. That's the reason for the suffering. It's not the weakness of God. It is the foolishness of Adam that produced the mess we're seeing. Amen? But somebody say, thank God for the last Adam. Yeah, the last Adam, who is Jesus Christ, came, went to the cross, paid the price to redeem man and to bring back all that Adam lost. Amen? So it's been restored. Turn to someone and say, it's been restored. Dominion has been restored. Kingship has been restored. Blessings have been restored. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's been restored. Jesus has restored it. But guess what? It doesn't come on a platter. It doesn't come on a platter. We still have responsibilities. Do you get my point? We still have responsibilities. So the fact that Jesus has paid the price, has paid the price for you, does not mean that you are now free to live outside of his lordship and then to experience all the blessings in spite of your departure from his lordship. You see, that's the deception in the world today. Among many Christians, they feel that because Jesus has died, because the blood of Jesus has been shed for them, and because now they've received the grace of God, they can now live as their own lords and then expect to experience the benefits of being under his lordship. What a contradiction. Don't someone say it's a big contradiction. Say it's a major contradiction. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. So if you want to experience what Jesus paid for you, you have to come under his lordship. You have to come under his lordship. And that's why one of our core values as a church and as a movement is the lordship of Jesus. We don't play with that. Why? Because Romans chapter 6 verse 6 tells us that you are slaves to whomever you obey. Whether of sin to death or of obedience to righteousness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you following me? So, if you choose to surrender, Romans 6, 16, open it please, somebody there, help me. Romans 6, 16. Can you see that? Okay, let's read it together. One, two, three. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or obedience leading to righteousness. Don't you know? 
It's like, don't you know? It's like this, you ought to know this. You don't even need to be told this. Don't you know that whoever you obey, you are slaves to who you obey? Hallelujah. So, we started talking last week about the wonders of protection. But if you're going to walk in the wonders of protection, you need to be careful who you obey. Because who you obey is the one that is your Lord. The one you obey is your Lord. And that's why I choose to disobey the enemy all the time. As much as it lies within my ability, within my knowledge, within my wisdom. Anytime I see the enemy is inspiring something, I immediately disobey it. Why? Because if I obey it, I immediately come under his lordship. You see how it works? Yeah. So if Jesus says to you, don't go there, and then you go, you have stepped out of his lordship. And then if Satan says to you, go this way, and you go, you have stepped under his lordship. So don't give me all these blanket statements because I'm born again, everything just happens because it's automatic because I'm born again. No, it doesn't work like that. Lordship is a real matter. It's the crux of the matter. It's about who is your Lord. It's about who is your master. Did you see it again? Romans 6.16. Let's read it in the Amplified. Romans 6.16. Come on. Hallelujah. It says, do you not know that when you continually offer yourselves to someone to do his will, you are slaves of the one whom you obey? Come on. Turn to someone say, you are a slave to the one whom you obey. You might hate the person, but if you obey him, you are a slave. So, if he tells you to hate somebody and you obey that, what have you done? You've brought yourself under his lordship. If he tells you to steal from somebody and you do it, what have you done? You've brought yourself under his lordship, even though you speak in tongues and you bind devils, even cast out devils. It doesn't just work by default, my people. There are principles that govern the operations of God's power. There are principles that govern the operations of God's word. The promises he made are governed by certain principles. And that's what I'm bringing to your attention this morning. Hallelujah. Tell someone, I choose to rebel against the devil. Amen. Let hell know you as a rebel. 
not someone who is compliant all the time. When the devil tells you something, when he inspires you, you just obey. Why? So if you obey him and you're speaking in tongues, do you think that you're speaking in tongues cancels your obedience to the enemy? It doesn't. Hallelujah. Are you learning something? Yeah. So Christians need to start learning to obey God. It's for our benefit. You don't obey God for God. To, it's not a favor. You're not doing God a favor when you obey Him. You're not doing anybody a favor when you do the right thing. Come on. You're doing yourself the biggest favor. So many times what happens is that people think and many times I'm just amazed at how Christians think that because they are born again things will just go smoothly according to God's word. <laughs> there is a responsibility to ensure that you are under his lordship. Amen? Amen? It's for your protection. It's for your benefit. It's for your blessing. So, okay, what if Jesus wants me to do something and I don't feel like doing it? Do it still. That's right. The just shall not live by feelings. Is that not so? Yes, that's right. The, the Bible says, what does it say? The just shall live by, by faith. So even when you don't feel like it, you still do it. Because faith, many times, it, it contradicts your situation. Faith always contradicts the prevailing situation. Always. Faith is not compliant to the situations. No. When you're walking by faith, you're looking at the situation and you are saying something different. Hallelujah. It's like the three Hebrew boys. Remember them. Shadrach, Meshach, and to bed you go. <laughs> A bed nigga. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The king, Nebuchadnezzar, made a statue. Pure gold. A golden statue that the whole nation, in fact the entire Babylonian empire is expected to bow to worship this image. And those boys said, king, no way. We're not going to bow to you. Why? They recognize their Lord. The king is not their Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. The king is not their Lord. 
Let's look at Daniel chapter 3. My goodness. Oh, manindo kustedebe. You see, if you want to be protected, you need to check who your Lord is. If you want God's protection, you better be careful. Amen? Yeah. So here, this thing happened. Let me read for the sake of time. Look at verse 16. It says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you. <laughs> Hallelujah. In this matter. Did you realize that it's not everything I have to answer to? We have no need. This is the most dangerous king on earth. The most dangerous king. He's not, he has no respect for human rights. If you resist him, you can lose your head. Brutal king. The Babylonians were, were they were among the most brutal armies in history. Amen. So, these guys are talking to this man like that. How can you talk to him like that? He says, verse 17, If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from your hand, O king. Come on. Our God is able. Hallelujah. The one I am, the one whose lordship I'm submitted to is able. The one whose lordship is above yours is the one I answer to. And so, King, there's no need to argue about this thing. We're not trying to flex our muscles. But there is a superior king. Hallelujah. There is a superior king. And this king is able to deliver us from your hand. This king can, he knows how best to deliver us from your hand. That's my God. Yeah. They didn't say, they didn't say, you know, we need to apply wisdom here. No, let's just, let's just bow. After that, we repent. God will understand. God will forgive us. Come on. After all, after all, God is loving. They didn't say that. They didn't. They di that was not even an option. It was not even an option. Amen. 
It's about lordship, I'm telling you. It's about lordship. Whose lord are you? Whose lordship are you under? That's what matters. The rest of Babylon were bowing. But then these three boys, young, young lads, they said, no. It's not possible. (laughs) But he says, if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods. Nor will we worship the image which you have set up. I like the way my wife puts it. She says, when they said, if, if not, let it be known to you. That many times we've read it as, if God doesn't deliver us. How many people have heard of that? Yeah. So, if God doesn't deliver us, even if God does not deliver us, we will not bow. But she brought an insight that, no, when they said, if not, in other words, if you choose not to put us in the furnace, we will still not bow. (laughs) Hallelujah. Come on. Yeah, we are not going to bow, but even if you decide to compromise and to bend, we still will not bend. We will not change lordships, we refuse to change. Hallelujah! (laughs) So many Christians want to claim promises. Of protection, but they are not careful to see whose lordship they are under. They are not careful. Jesus said, if I be your Lord. No, he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? If I am your Lord, why don't you obey me? That's what he's saying. So, in other words, without obedience, there is no lordship. Yeah, there's no lordship without obedience. Lordship is about obedience. So, if the Lord tells you, do this, you do, you better do it. You better do it. If he says to you, Give that house to Caroline. You better do it. <laughs> Give that mansion to Caroline. Just, just call her quickly. Don't even think twice. Hallelujah. Don't think twice. Just go sign the papers and give her and run away. Hallelujah. Why? Because your Lord has spoken. Don't try to figure it out. Ah no, so where are we going to? No, 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 no. That is the wrong question. The question should be, when should I do it? 
No. Okay. Yes, sir. So when you start acknowledging his lordship, get ready to be instructed. He will start telling you things. I'm telling you. Unless it's not Jesus. Unless it's not Jesus. You know, I know a man of God, he, he was believing God, God, you know, for some manifestations. He wants God to use him in a particular way. And the Lord said, okay, you want that? This is what you're going to do. Give everything that you have. Your houses, your cars, your jets, give them all. It's a question of lordship, right? Yeah. And you could not say he was misunderstanding the message because God sent an angel to tell him. So you can't say, no, maybe my mind is deceiving me. No, it wasn't, it wasn't that. It was clear as daylight. So guess what? He quickly gave it away. Everything, everything, everything. And started from scratch. Started from scratch, from zero. <laughs> How many people still say Jesus is Lord? Let me, is it? Okay, they, not. <laughs> yeah. So we talk about things, but we don't even know what we're saying. We don't even think about the implications. But yeah. So he knows where to get you. Do you remember that rich young ruler? He said, Jesus, oh yeah, master, you know, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus just gave him the commandments. Of course, the great, the, 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 the Ten Commandments don't save people. But Ten Commandments show you the way of life. Hallelujah. So the guy says, no, I've been keeping all of that from my youth. And to tell you that he's a liar. Because if he loved the Lord his God with all his heart. Then he would love God more than his possessions. Am I correct? Yeah. And Jesus said, oh... You lack one thing. There's just one thing remaining. One thing. One thing that really touches on lordship. There's one thing. The other things you've been doing haven't yet challenged the area of lordship in your life. So there's just one more thing that will challenge the area of lordship. (laughs) He says, go sell everything. Give to the poor and come and follow me. What kind of instruction is this? Do you know how long I labored? Do you know how much it took for me to build all these assets? This portfolio that I have. You say I should give all of it. And then come and follow you. You. 
Bible says the guy went sorrowful. He said, ah, no, this, this is more than I thought. This is more. It's about lordship. Hallelujah. We want the wonders of protection, right? Yeah, because when when you are able when you are able to give that, when you are able to to win in that area, then you find that you are not protected from greed. Hallelujah. The, the protection is not just physical. Although, yes, God has made provision for protecting us physically. But he also wants to protect our hearts. Hallelujah. He also wants to protect our souls. He also wants to protect our future. He also wants to protect our destiny. Hallelujah. So sometimes when God says certain things, when he gives you certain instructions, you don't know what it is linked to. You don't know what it is linked to. He doesn't need to tell you. As your Lord, he owes you no explanation. He just instructs. He says, do this. And you have to do it. Why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? And you know that you know what when you look at when you read the scriptures you see that one of the things that was going to happen on the last day Jesus said some many will come to him Lord we prophesied in your name yes we prophesied in your name we casted out demons in your name <clears throat> and Jesus says depart from me. Workers of iniquity, workers of lawlessness. That is, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lordship matter. It's a lordship matter. So some people will be sent away into perdition because all their lives they only surrendered to a different lord. Even though they use the name of Jesus to advance their cause. Yeah. He says, depart from me. Workers of iniquity. You, lawless people. He says, I never knew you. I don't know you to be under my lordship. Get away. You want to come into my heaven? Meanwhile, all your life, you've been under a different Lord. Hmm? Yeah. You see that? Matthew 7, 23. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. In other words, it was... Habitual. Their lifestyle was that of constant disobedience. Constantly ignoring his lordship. Constantly ignoring his instructions. And constantly yielding to another lord. 
Because Satan is the Lord of lawlessness. Do you get my point? He's he's the lawless one. He's the first person to be lawless. That's why he was cast out of heaven. Is that not so? He was cast out of heaven because of his lawlessness. He says, it says you were perfect in beauty. Until iniquity was found in you. In other words, until lawlessness was found in you. You were perfect. Turn to someone and say, it's a serious matter. That's why, and I've said it many times, I'm not interested in, in any Jesus that does not require obedience. Because that is not the Jesus of the Bible. And I don't care who preaches it. Any Jesus that does not require obedience, run away from that Jesus. Yeah. Because the Jesus of the Bible demands obedience. He insists on it. He doesn't negotiate that. Yeah. That's the way to protect your eternity. That's the way to protect your eternity. I was listening to some preachers debating. Once saved, always saved. (laughs) And once you are born again, you can never be unborn again. (laughs) I remember years ago, my teenage years, I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter to the late Kenneth Hagin. And I asked him a question. Because I was reading, as as I kept studying and I was reading, I was being exposed to different theologians and all of that. I started getting confused. So I thought, who is telling the truth? This one says, if you are saved, you can never lose your salvation. This one says, hey, you can lose your salvation. So I wrote him a letter. Ask him. And interestingly, he replied me. Me of all people. The little me, small, little, insignificant me on the earth. As a teenager. Yeah, I wrote. Because like I told you, I used to have a very inquisitive mind. Well, I haven't lost it. But it's now more matured. Yeah. Because I want to explain everything. I want to understand everything. Yeah. So he replied me. Oh, that just settled it for me. Do you want to know his reply? No, you, you don't. You don't. Ah, no, you don't. You don't. If you want to know his reply, I will hear your feet. You'll be stomping your feet. I will hear the sound. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yeah. So he replied me with a scripture. Powerful scripture. Amen. And that scripture is found in Hebrews chapter 6. 
How many people have heard that debate? You've heard it before? On the internet? Or some of your celebrity preachers? Huh? All right, let's settle it. So I remember he wrote me. He said, Dear Eric, thank you. Thank you for your letter and for your question. You know? And he says to me, the Bible makes it very clear that it is possible for one to lose his salvation. And he gave me the scripture. He says, from verse 4, let's read from verse 4. He says, Hebrews 6 from verse 4, he says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. So he now explained to me, he said, look, those who have been enlightened is speaking of those who are born again. They have tasted of the heavenly gift of salvation. Amen. And have become partakers of the Holy Spirit. They have even received the Holy Spirit. Yes. The next verse. Look at the next verse. Verse 5. It says, and have tasted the good word of God. And the powers of the age to come. Right? Next verse. Look at that. It says, if they, come on, can you see that? If they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to open shame. Hmm. Yeah. So these people, it is possible to lose your salvation. So when we talk about the wonders of protection, the most important thing to protect is your salvation. In fact, it is more important to protect your salvation than to protect your belongings. It's more important to protect your eternity than to protect your physical life. Although God has made provision for your physical protection and all of that. But I'm showing you the most important. Your most treasured possession is your soul. Amen. Can't lose it. Can't afford to lose it. Amen. 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 And I know, yeah, theologically there's a lot in, that, in this passage. But I'm just gliding through it. To tell you that it is possible. Okay? It is possible. So, that settled it for me. And I knew. Okay, okay. So, it is possible. That means those ministers that came to Jesus and said, we prophesied in your name. We casted out demons in your name. They were truly saved. Because if you are not saved... How can you cast out a demon if you are not saved? 
demons are. Do you understand demons? They are so full of pride. They won't allow you to just mess with them. If you are in their kingdom and you want to cast them out. Jesus said, how can Satan cast out Satan? You see? So the issue of lordship. Turn to someone and say, the issue of lordship is a serious matter. So don't believe the lie. One save, always save. It's a doctrine of hell. It is a doctrine of hell that has been around for a long time. Don't embrace it. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Amen? Protect that which you have. Hold fast to that which you have. That no one takes it away from you. There are other scriptures he shared with me, but this will suffice. At least I've answered your curiosity. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. So when you hear a smart, intelligent professor telling you that you can't lose your salvation, you know where to turn to. Amen. You know where to turn to. If Adam could lose it, anybody can lose it. He said, oh, well, what about the scripture in John chapter 10 where Jesus said that uh, nobody can pluck you out of his hands. Yeah, nobody can, but you can jump off his hands. You can jump off. It's your will. You can't go against your will. God does never will violate your will. Yeah. Amen. You see, okay. John 10, 28. I give them eternal life. Talking about his sheep. You see? And they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Alright? Neither shall anyone snatch them out. But that person, that person's will, he can choose to get off his hand. He can choose to switch lords. Now, if he chooses to switch lords, there's nothing Jesus can do about it. Just like Judas chose a different lord. Even though he had the opportunity like the other 11. But he chose a different Lord. I mean, Judas had salvation in person. I mean, how how else? What better? What better way? Salvation is also a person. Hallelujah. So, Jesus is salvation. And he had salvation with him. Loving him. Eating with him. Amen? Yet, he chose a different Lord. You see? Yeah. So, it's not that Satan took, snatched him. No, Satan did not snatch Judas 
out of the hands of Jesus. Judas chose to get off. Get out of Jesus' covering. It was a choice. Am I communicating? Hallelujah. How many people feel liberated by the truth? Yes. So don't fall for the spirit of the age that is lying to people, promising them what God has not promised. Don't. For your salvation. For your benefits. Amen? So if there's anything you need to really work on, is your submission to His Lordship. Continue every day. Okay? Continue to bring yourself consciously. Lord Jesus. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my master. Amen. There are some people, their feelings are their master. Some people, their feelings are their Lord. How they feel is what determines the direction of their lives. Instead of Jesus to be the one to determine the direction of their lives. Hmm? Haven't you been in situations where, you know, you have, maybe you have a gripe with someone. And, you know, you're fighting each other. And the Holy Spirit is telling you, okay, it's enough now. And you say, no, no, no. It's not enough. I need to show her. I need to deal with her first. Come on. How many people have not been there? (laughs) Come on. Just look at me. Say, you mean people behave like that? That is so strange. Hmm. People can be so terrible. You mean people can behave like that? Huh. Yeah. No, I need to I need to give him a piece of my mind. Let's let's settle the scores first. And the Holy Spirit is saying, no, no, don't. It's enough. It's enough. And you say, hmm. <laughs> That's how they will dis- keep disrespecting me in this place. So I need to show them who I am. Come on. Now, I'm not saying you lose your salvation if you do that. But if you make it a practice to always ignore the Holy Spirit, to always ignore the Lord, if you make it a practice, every time he says something, you say, no, I don't feel like today is not a day of obedience. Yeah, I will do it on Monday. Today, let me settle this. Then on Monday, I will repent and then we can continue from there, Lord. Who promised you Monday? <laughs> Who promised you Monday? You see. But you know, these little things. Bible says, the little, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little foxes. 
It's not the major things. It's the little things. The little things. If you find it hard to forgive people, pray hard. Go to God. Go set aside three days fasting. And say, God, deal with my heart. Break this thing before it takes me to the wrong place. Do you understand me? Before it brings me under a different Lord. Tell Jesus, Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Lord. Yeah, this, this heart, this evil heart is not my Lord. Refuse, rebel against it. And go to God, cry to God and say, God, break this thing. Free me from this thing. Hallelujah. Deal with that. Otherwise, your eternity is at stake. There is no unforgiveness that can enter into heaven. It's not possible. You understand? Yeah, and when you have to do that, do it quickly. Come on. Jesus said, what you have to do, do it quickly. Yeah, do it quickly. Don't put it aside. That evil heart, you must be free from that today. In the name of Jesus. Doesn't matter what they have done to you. Okay? I'm not saying you need to trust them and all of that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm talking about forgiveness. Because when you fail to forgive, you know what you're doing? You You have taken yourself out of his lordship. And now you are exposed. You are exposed. I'm telling you. Then demons have legal right. They have access. And make sure they don't kill you in that state. Make sure they don't. Yeah. Then someone say, hey, it's tough today. <laughs> Yeah. It's a necessary toughness. Amen. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You know, there was a time Jesus was talking, sharing a parable about the unforgiving servant. And This guy, he owed his master so much. Right? He owed his master so much. And he went to the master. He pleaded with the master, please forgive me. And the master wrote off the debt. Wrote off the debt. And then this guy leaves. And as he's going, he finds somebody that is owing him. Imagine someone... Okay, let's, let's, let's use rants. Okay? Let's use your South African brain to do some numbers here. Okay? Imagine you are owing, you are owing 500 billion. Huh? You are owing someone 500 billion. Now, how an individual amass that kind of debt is a mystery. In fact, it's a wonder. (laughs) It's a wonder, right? Yeah. 
So there is no way in 200 lifetimes to pay that. So he goes to the master and he pleads. Because the master arrests him and he says, you must settle this thing. And he pleads, pleads, pleads. Then the master now decides, okay, fine. I forgive you. Then as he's walking out, he sees someone that is owing him 500000 And he grabs the person. And this guy said, please, I will pay you. Please, give, just be patient with me. He takes the guy and locks him in jail. And then when the master heard this, he brought him back. See? That 500 million, a billion, that you are owing, you could not forgive someone that owe you 500,000. Your debt is 500 billion. He said, take him. Put him where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hallelujah. Yeah. The master, look at Matthew 18, 34. His master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. In Luke's version, he says, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. What does that sound like? What other place in the Bible has weeping and gnashing of teeth? Hell. So unforgiveness leads to hell. Hello? Tongue-talking unforgiveness leads to... Hallelujah. Demon-binding, demon-casting unforgiveness leads to... Hell. Hallelujah, singing, dancing, jumping, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled, fire-baptized, water-baptized, Unforgiveness leads to hell. All of them. Don't be fool. One saved, always saved. One saved and harboring unforgiveness. You cancel your forgiveness. So, God has an undo button. Turn to someone and say, God has undo button. Yeah, he has an undo button. And his undo button is triggered by unforgiveness. You see? <laughs> the wonders of protection. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when you refuse to forgive, immediately God puts undo. Then the ones from the time you were a child... Everything now comes up. And then you want to enter heaven. Because somebody told you, once saved, always saved. You're joking. Not the heaven that belongs to Jesus. And maybe another heaven somewhere. Not that one. Don't be fooled by, you know, some of these things. Amen? Let's be under his lordship. That's our greatest protection. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High 
shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There is a condition you have to dwell under. You have to be under his lordship in order to be in the secret place. Don't be confused about these things. They are clear. Hallelujah. My time is up. Let's talk to the Lord. Come on. Just begin to thank the Lord. My God. Thank you. Thank you. Ask the Lord to help you. Yes. Bring yourself under his lordship. Can debe suna manindos. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you are the kind of person that struggles to forgive, may God help you. May God give you grace. May God soften your heart so that you don't lose the most, your most precious possession, which is your soul. You don't lose that because of some emotional nonsense. May God help us. May God redeem us. May God deliver us. Lord, deliver me from hardness of heart. Deliver me from unforgiveness. Deliver me from a heart. Lord, my God, that is resistant to your will. Lord, my God, forgive us. Forgive us, oh God. Come on, talk to God. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Mighty God. You say, oh, well, this person has done this to me. It treated me badly. He did that. I know. God knows. But forgive them for your good. For your benefit. Pastor Rice says, unforgiveness is like you drinking poison and expecting your enemy to die. Ask the Lord for mercy. Ask the Lord for mercy. Lord, make us quick to forgive. Ask the Lord to make you quick to forgive. Ask the Lord to make you quick to swift, to switch from the Lordship of Satan to the Lordship of Jesus. Ask the Lord to show you when you have switched sides unknowingly. Ask the Lord to help you. So that it doesn't become a practice. It doesn't become a lifestyle. I'm not saying that if you make a mistake, then you lose your salvation. That's not what I'm saying. But if you dwell in that, if you continue, if you make it a lifestyle, if you persist in that, you are in danger. And we don't want to be in danger. Lord, help us. Help us, oh God. Break our hearts. Make our hearts pliable. Lord God, teach us how to walk in love. Oh, Father God, teach us how to be quick to forgive. Teach us how to be quick to repent. Ask the Lord to make you quick to repent. Quick to repent. Give you a heart. Ask the Lord, give me a heart that is quick to repent. Just like David. Mighty God. My Lord and my God. I give you praise. Deliver us, free us from the spirit of this age. The spirit of offense. Deliver us, break. Oh, Father God, break that spirit of offense from us. Lord, my God.
Lord, I pray if there's anyone that is struggling with some of these things, Lord, I ask for your intervention. If you need help, just raise your hand. Let me pray for you. Just if you need help, just raise your hand. Let me see. In this area, Lord, thank you for these people. I pray, I pray, oh Father, you see them. You see them. Lord God, help them. Give them victory in this area. In the name of Jesus, I break every power of the enemy. Every spirit of the enemy, oh God, that is working in their hearts. Every hardness of heart. Lord God, every in, in, in any way, Satan has held them captive in their hearts, oh God. Lord, I break that right now. Oh Father God, soften their hearts. Lord God, give them hearts that are quick to forgive, quick to repent. Oh Lord God, help us all, Father. We want to please you. We want to please you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Deliver us from the pride of life. Deliver us from, oh God, offense. Deliver us from whatever it is that causes us, oh Father God, to be hard in our hearts. Help us, oh God. We give you praise. Lord, we give you glory. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Now, if you're here, you want to give your life to Jesus, just raise your hand. I'll pray for you. You want to be born again, including those that are watching online. You want to do that? Just raise your hand. I'll pray for you. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, Lord, Father, we thank you. Just say this after me. Say, Dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that he is Lord. Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Save me from myself. Save me from my sins. Save me from the power of sin. Give me eternal life. I receive you by faith into my heart as my Lord and personal Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now let me pray for you. Father, I pray for these ones who have just prayed. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. And I break the power. I break the power of sin over their lives. In the name of Jesus. I release the new creation reality over their lives. I declare it. I declare your kingdom over their lives. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer, contact us. Our details are on the screen. I want to hear from you. And also, those of you here, after the prayer, after the service, you can meet one of our, our ushers and they will uh, attend to you. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. We've come to the end of our service. God bless you real good. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.